An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound and score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Darren Millard, he's out at Studio 31. And Chris Chapman is back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Woo! What's the name of the show that uh, is on right before us every day? The Odd Couple. Uh, the Odd Couple. No, no, sorry. Covino and Rich are on before oh, us normally okay. every day. Yeah, and then bad. it was The Odd Couple that's after us every day. So ah. Covino and Rich is uh, is the show that we absolutely love, that yes. uh, we're all all in on. Uh, they love us. We love them. Uh, we're going to do like some, some crossover, uh, like the, the sitcoms in the, in the 80s would do, and it would just blow your mind. We're going to do a bunch of that. Today, uh, they, they, they kind of got ripped off, and we owe them an apology because we're an hour later than normal. Mm-hmm. And that means that the odd couple got to intro our show. And everybody that was coming over for the VGK Insider Show got the odd couple. So they got a big boost in ratings. Sure. They, like Kavino and Rich, uh, they're, they're, they're great. They, they, we pay back and forth. It's awesome. But the odd couple, uh, they, they owe us today. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They got a boost that. because yeah. we weren't there. Yep. Uh, five to seven is the show today. Uh, Two-hour extravaganza continues right into the pregame show between the Golden Knights uh, taking on uh, a team that uh, we don't really know what to expect mm-hmm. from in, in the Philadelphia Flyers. And that is something that we'll dive into in a little bit, just about what this team is. Off to a great start, but not much expected from. So going in two different directions on that as part of uh, a Record-setting or record-equaling day in the National Hockey League. There's 16 games today, which, unless somebody plays a doubleheader, is the most you will ever get in the National (laughs) Hockey League, barring an expansion uh, development in the next couple of years. Every team in the NHL is on the ice. Uh, Game started at uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, we'll go right through to the Vegas Golden Knights and the uh, Philadelphia Flyers tonight. It's it's and they're in like 15 minute increments. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun. I like what the National Hockey League is trying to do here, especially considering it's in the opening day of the NBA. A lot of eyeballs uh, around TV sets today, and you've got ESPN carrying uh, a lot of the triple header in the National Hockey League. But uh, popping into all these games, I, I think it's a real opportunity to grab some extra eyeballs for the National Hockey League. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the the big key here, right? Is that you uh, you have something that's a little bit different. You got thirty all thirty two teams in action. You've got the staggered start time, so it's essentially five hours of wall to wall to wall hockey. And you know, I, I think for a hockey fan, it's fantastic. But for some people that are just kind of tuning in to to see what it's all about, or or you know, just just getting exposed to it in a different uh, in a different setting, 
I, I think it, it, it absolutely has the ability to kind of capture your attention. And you've got marquee matchups. You've got, um, you know, young young stars in this league that you're trying to keep tabs on. I, I think it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic situation. And I, I've been juggling over like four or five games already. So uh, just trying to keep up with all the action. Okay. Chapman yesterday declared that he can't do math. Now, I just listened to you throw out a number. Okay. And far be it for me to question your ability to run the numbers. But you said five-hour extravaganza. It's it's way more than that. Yeah, probably. No, you're right. Like the game started at 3, and they're not going to be over till 11-ish. Like we're talking... Yeah, eight hours. Well, it, it's a full shift today. You're 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 absolutely right. I, I'm I'm only looking at it from my perspective, though. Like the five hours for me comes in, oh in that, at seven o'clock. I can't watch any <laughs> anything else. Like I'm 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 purely being selfish, and like I know that that's a new concept for me. But I'm only talking about it in my perspective, in that I can only partake in the frozen frenzy. For about five hours, and then I've got to actually go to work. Yeah, so, Ryan is the least selfish guy I think amongst the three of us. He's he's probably the most generous. So are for you him, kidding? for him to say that, <laughs> no, for no, Ryan no, to say no, that? no, 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 don't start kissing up to him because you got a beat down yesterday. Ryan is what you call silent selfish. Oh, he 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 makes out like everything's good. Yeah, but but he will take what's his. Every chance he gets. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I wholeheartedly support that. But do not sit here and call him the most unselfish person on this show because he he makes sure that he gets his. Yeah, but but even so, he's probably still the least selfish of the three of us. No, come on. Both, both of those can be true. Yeah. And both no. of those are true. It's, it's absolutely... Like he, he can be he's silent, not the most selfish. unselfish, but but uh, but he is he's a person that would that will definitely grab onto it. What what I do love about this day though is the National Hockey League being aggressive by going after the NBA in a in a market share uh, attempt. You you've got the opening of the the National Basketball Association season and being able to to grab a couple of extra viewers is great. But they also make something out of it. It's not just a Guess what? The announcer says there's 16 games tonight, and it's just a regular night. Like he's saying there's a 12-game night or an 8-game night or a 3-game night. This is a significant marketing uh, uh, attempt by the National Hockey League and ESPN to make a 16-game night something special by staggering the ice time, and I've never seen this approach before. Yeah, neither have I, and and I'm I'm hopeful that it 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 shows well because it's something I'd like to see continue. As as much as we enjoy watching hockey, it, it becomes run of the mill or 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 mundane in certain situations. This takes a little bit of that out of it because you again you have novelty here. You've got 15 minute staggered start times. You have essentially a game always on TV, always available to you to watch. If you don't want to check in on intermissions, you can check in on every other game that's happening at at, at the time. So I love the fact that you can bounce around, you can keep an eye on what's going on, and that ESPN is kind of playing into that and checking in on on live games and checking in in certain situations so that you can just get wall-to-wall hockey. I think it's fantastic. With a three-game triple header mixed in with the 16 games, right? Yeah, absolutely. You've got the the Maple Leafs and the Capitals uh, underway, and uh, that will bookend with the Golden Knights up against the Philadelphia Flyers later on tonight. And I'm also going to double down on what I love about this, is they're doing it early. 
October uh, would normally be looked at as a month to get through in the National Hockey League. And you see that in some markets where they do early season road trips because they're not going to draw early on. Uh, a lot of teams who will not play uh, weekend games uh, in the first part of the season, October, November, because of high school football and, and college and, and the National Football League. Uh, leaning into this on, on a Tuesday, while it's a, it's a challenge for every hockey fan to, to get involved because you're running around with real life, but... The fact that it's early does one thing in particular. It keeps it makes sure that every fan base is engaged. Yeah. You don't you don't have the four teams that are completely out of it, done, cooked, and sent up the river uh, to be uh, <laughs> processed right now. You you don't have that. It, it, it's early enough where sure some teams have stumbled out of the gate, mm-hmm. but you don't have the checkout phase yet by fans. And I think that's important what the, what the National Hockey League has done here. Yeah, that's a really good point because I I was of the of the mindset that I I wanted this later on in the season, but you know, and, and the only reason I'd want it later on in the season is because you you would have races, right? You would have games that, you know, maybe mean a little bit more than the first couple of weeks of the season and how much these games mean right now. But that all being said, I, I think you're you're cluing in on one important aspect here is that right now everyone still has hope i mean there are some fan bases that know what their team are going teams are going to be i'm looking at you san jose but more than anything i I think that you take advantage of that early season hope especially like in in the in the case of the philadelphia flyers off to a three one and one start like you still have hope that that this season could be a good season why not kind of play into that early on with this spectacle there's no hope that this is going to be a good season how i describe it is it chops off a month of disappointment, a month of agony. And fans should stick by their team, but there's hockey clubs that are going to be nowhere near a playoff spot. But if you can get through the month of October or into November playing some decent hockey, like Chicago, a couple of wins in six games, mm-hmm. that's good. That's a, that. That's a, that's a really good uh, start compared to where they were last year in, in winning the, the draft lottery. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, you're not expecting them to be involved in a playoff chase, but they've got more wins than losses through the first five games. Uh, the um, the likes of uh, throw out uh, Buffalo Sabres, they're two and four. That's a bit of a disappointment, but fans are going to be tuning in to see when the turnaround happens. So there's there's positive negatives uh, to doing it uh, early on. And then you've got the, the other side of it where three teams enter tonight with perfect records. Yeah. And who will be the, the, the last team standing in, in that race? Will it be Boston? Will it be Colorado? Will it be the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights? And will we have all three after tonight? The Bruins play the Blackhawks, uh, finishing up a road trip there, trying to get to 6-0. and uh, last game of road trip, uh, you wonder about that. The Avalanche and the Islanders are underway 
at uh, uh, Long Island, and we're looking forward to – I think the Islanders are a sleeper team in, in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. They, they don't get enough uh, attention. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be fascinated to see how much the Avalanche can, can run this because they've looked as good as Vegas uh, so far. Yeah. And the Golden Knights uh, up against – at home uh, against a Philadelphia Flyers team uh, with this, this homestand this week. And the Flyers are a hardworking team. They will not be involved in a playoff race at the end of the year. I will stick to that. But, uh, but they will rarely get uh, outworked. Uh, you look through this lineup uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers, it is not even close to the talent of the Vegas Golden Knights, but they work really hard. Uh, that will be a determining factor in, um, in, in the result tonight because they will simply uh, grind some, some teams out or outwork uh, certain teams this year, and they've done that so far through the first five games with three wins. And Vegas uh, trying to get uh, one step closer to the most wins to start a National Hockey League season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's going to be a really interesting matchup in that you're you're right on the money with Philadelphia. They are going to work hard, and for the Golden Knights, you're going to have to match that and and work equally as hard as, as Philadelphia is going to work throughout 60 minutes. And I think for the Golden Knights, you know, you look at the last couple of games, certainly not their best outings, but you get wins in those in those situations. I'm expecting them to, to be a little bit more in tune and, and get closer to playing their game tonight. We will see what develops. Uh, there's a couple of areas that I think are just on the edge of breaking out. And uh, one of those is, is the barbershev marcheseau Eichel line. Yeah. I, I think that it's showing signs. There's certain things uh, that they, they've tweaked. They've had uh, a meeting with the three of them. Uh, I think uh, that, uh, that this group, uh, for what they've done, has been totally satisfactory, but there's there's you see more potential. You you see opportunities that that aren't going in the net or possibilities, uh, whether it's uh, puck decisions with the puck that you can you could uh, tweak uh, a little bit. I think I think that is is right there to erupt, and I, I'm I'm waiting for that to happen for the eruption game from from an Eichel and a Marcheseau and and Barbashev, uh being in there, and the the other side of it is is the continued um, progression of of this blue line mm-hmm. that is is playing. It, it, offensively, they're getting some some points. They're putting some numbers on the board. Like five guys have have goals uh, so far this year. But I've been really impressed with the consistency of of this group so far this year in making really good plays def- well defending and the different switches uh, that they're making. Not to get too technical, but also with their with the ability to cleanly get out of the zone without being hemmed in or. Turn, make a turnover that uh, ends up costing you another 45 seconds in in the defending side of it, and that's all through through different injuries uh, and and different uh, veterans being out of the lineup. So uh, the one one I'd like to see a continuation, and the other one uh, is is tonight where the 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 lid pops off the Marcheseau Eichel Barbershev threesome. Yeah, that's the one I'm I'm most intrigued by because you know for me like the defensive side of things, the Golden Knights have been really strong through six games and you know Caden Korzak and, and Braden Pahal have, have really stepped in and done a phenomenal job in the absence of 
you know, early on Alec Martinez and no Zach Whitecloud and, and Alex Petrangelo is still not available, still not ready to go for the Golden Knights. So, you know, you, you, you have faith and, and confidence in, in that aspect of your game and you're hoping that it can continue until you get Petrangelo back in the lineup until Zach Whitecloud uh, can return to full health. But, you know, I think for the Golden Knights, the, the one thing that you're looking for as far as, as breakout offensively is more out of Ivan Barbashev, Jack Eichel, and Jonathan Marchessault. And, and I, I agree with you in that the looks that Jack has generated, the looks that the looks that Jack has had over the course of, of the early part of the season, he probably deserves more than three goals, three Way more. And six points, right? Yeah. And you're just waiting for that shoe to drop for Jack Eichel. And I think when it does for Jack, it will for Ivan, it will for Jonathan Marchessault, and we'll see that line really take off. Yeah. I, th- I think Jack could easily have, w- without stretching it and, and uh, getting into, oh, coulda, or if they would have got uh, a, a puck to roll uh, a, a different way, he could easily have twice as many goals as he got right now. And he could easily have double the points that he's got right now, given that the opportunities that they, they've had uh, between like, – Barbershev's a bit snake bitten right now, yeah. and and Marcheseau has had good looks as well. So there, there's the step, and uh, looking forward to to that tonight. Um, they, they've they've got uh, some nice, like there's not there's not a yearning part of this team that you have to turn around, which is uh, partly you can see why coaches have trouble uh, when when things are going good. Why yeah. why coaches. Uh, have to find unique ways and at some, sometimes controversial ways uh, to get the attention of their team because you you often don't want to be the guy that's putting down the hammer mm-hmm. on, on people when things are going good. Right. And that's where this is right now, that things are going good. The goaltending, the defense, and especially working through the, the different uh, missing parts. And, and up front, you're, you've got contributions. Uh, National Hockey League leading contributions across the board uh, with this team but you also want to make sure that you're not letting anything slip and you're you're keeping the the players uh, accountable and that's where you you have to walk that fine line I couldn't do it like it would be <laughs> I, I would either be the the big jerk yeah. or I would be sitting upstairs with a big stogie and and uh, reading the the funnies uh, the, the cartoon <laughs> section and not having any contact with, with anybody, just going, this is going good, fine, just just let them go and, and, and coach themselves. Why would I want to do anything to screw that up? Yeah. So that it, it, it's this where uh, coaches have to have a real feel uh, for the team. And, and I think this is this is much better position for Bruce Cassidy than it was a year ago where he, he knows a lot more of the personalities mm-hmm. and the the traits, the game traits of, of his players compared to the first 10 games a year ago. Yeah, it's it's all about kind of those data points from last year and, and, and understanding, you know, where you – you know where you can kind of push certain aspects and situations, and and really kind of how the the guys are are playing within uh, within the framework of how Bruce wants them to play. And you know, granted, you're you're getting contributions, you're winning hockey games, and as we mentioned, like the last couple of games for the Golden Knights haven't been their best, but they they've still found a way uh, to win both of them by by two goals, and you know, large part because of a couple of power play goals in those in those games too. So I think that there are aspects that you're going to continue to build on and grow grow upon. And I think Bruce Cassidy knows how to approach that with this team based on what they were able to do last year. Jonathan Marshall mentioned something this morning 
that uh, got my attention. And we we were kind of walking through the start of the season and uh, whether teams are gearing up for Vegas because they're the Stanley Cup champion. You know that uh, old saying where you're going to get everybody's best game every night because you're at the top of the mountain. And he he was in agreement with that and then uh, reinforced it by saying that the two toughest tests so far this year were the games against Dallas Mm-hmm. in which they, they ended up winning in, in extra time, and then the game in Winnipeg. Yeah. And what do those two have in common? They were the teams that Vegas played last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs and had uh, a, a chip on their shoulder to try and uh, answer at least in small margin of uh, of significance uh, to, to beat the team that, that ended their season. And I, I thought that was uh, some, some uh, a great observation. Uh, he's in there. He's, uh, he's part of the, uh, the, the team that's uh, in the trenches trying to win these games. And uh, not, that's not to take anything away from the Chicago game, which I think they just, they just imposed their talent, their will, uh, in, in the third period. Maybe had uh, because of the travel and, and everything else early season. Uh, just weren't on their game through the first 40 minutes. But, uh, and that's not to take anything away from the San Jose game, uh, which uh, which went into that, uh, started the uh, the Dallas uh, situation with uh, the Stars and, and the Winnipeg Jets, uh, just real solid uh, awareness. So we'll we'll see what what this this game is is a lot like uh, what the Chicago game was, where there's no real animosity. There's no uh, awareness. In fact, there's less awareness because you don't have Connor Bedard to focus on, and you're not looking at the the lineup uh, nearly as much. At least you're not drawn to it, uh, except for if you're trying to figure out who's playing for the Philadelphia Flyers now, because they've gone through a, a big changeover, uh, both in in management uh, and uh, with with their with their roster, and uh, and moved some some notable players out. Uh, Ivan Provev, uh, thought to be a longtime member of that uh, that blue line, hey, he's now playing in Columbus so that's that's part of uh, uh, James Van Riemsdyk uh, uh, moved on so there's there's some names that uh, that you normally do see from the uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers that that aren't going to be part of this team so when you're when you're looking at this team I, th- I think it's you don't have to manufacture emotion that's not the part that uh, that goes to uh, what Vegas has to be very effective at tonight I think the the biggest area of significance that Bruce Cassidy will point to is play if you play your game, you're gonna have no trouble tonight. Yeah, you may not phrase it that way as bluntly as 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 I do, but if if they are on their game and taking care of themselves, that's that's a hard thing to do and not be reactive uh, during the course of a game, uh, or more challenging uh, aspect uh, in in a game where there's not that obvious. Uh, familiarity with the other team uh you, you got to be able to to be able to really focus uh, on on your side if if they if they do that with the four lines that vegas has compared to what uh what i've gone through with the flyers and and then the back end uh th- this should this should be now you can get goaltended carter hart has has done that before sure. uh yeah. with, with philadelphia uh against vegas uh that that can happen but the uh if you take care of your own i i think Vegas in a pretty good situation to go into that uh, three games and four nights stretch later on this week uh, with an undefeated record. Yeah, I, I think, again, it, it, when you're looking at the the two rosters and you're looking at what the Golden Knights have been able to accomplish and, you know, what they're what they're bringing to the table tonight against Philadelphia, like I, I do believe that if the Golden Knights are playing to their strengths and playing their brand of hockey, 
they're going to beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, as you mentioned, goaltending is important. You're going to need a, a strong performance out of your netminder. Uh, you have to keep in mind, as you mentioned about Carter Hart, like he, he can steal you a game here and there. It's absolutely possible. But, you know, the, the simple fact here is that I think for, for most Knights, the Golden Knights know that if they can get to their game faster and for longer stretches, they, they should win more often than not. That, that comes with being the champion. It comes with how they started the season. And it comes with just having a really deep, deep hockey club. So uh, the beauty of this Golden Knights team is that you don't always need it to be Jack Eichel. You don't always need it to be Mark Stone. It can be somebody else, a Nick Waugh or a William Carlson or you know Shea Theodore, whatever it's been early on for the Golden Knights. They've had different heroes every night, and that's really hard to match up against. Uh, Shea Theodore is playing some of the best hockey that I've watched. Yeah. Shea Theodore play in, in a Vegas Golden Knights uniform. I think the there's a real comfort in his game right now, and whether or not that's because there's been absences throughout the first six games for this defense core, or whether it's just he is using the confidence that so many of them gained uh, last year during the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and the championship run, it, it doesn't really matter. He is just, he's not forcing it uh he he's not uh being passive either mm-hmm. uh it, it's a really good comfortable mix for Shea Theodore yeah assertive in the moments where he needs to be assertive um understanding you know and picking his spots in really great ways uh he's been he's been sensational for the Golden Knights he really has he's been controlling things in his own zone he's been he's been able to make those right plays out of the zone and then when he jumps in offensively it's it's just Shea Theodore making things happen and, and using his feet to do so, and he's been great. Yeah, assertive implies that uh, that he's he's taking um, the moment and and putting it on the other team, and and I understand exactly what what you mean by that, but it it, it seems more comfortable than even that mm-hmm. uh, at times. And I, I know he's he's making sure that uh, that all, all uh, checkoffs are, are taken care of when he does rush the puck or, or uh, is in zone uh, on the power play or his, his exits, whether he's skating it out or whether he's moving it, which they like to do uh, more so. But it just, there's, a, there's a, a, a freeness in his game right now. We've used that word a few times around this team sure. and, and certain players, Jack Eichel in particular, but Shea Theodore, quietly the much more quieter than than the Eichel uh, uh, focus this year has been in in the same regard where it's just he looks as natural mm-hmm. as I've ever seen Shea Theodore play a hockey game yeah I, I don't disagree with you I comfortable as you mentioned I, I you know assertive in moments where he's supposed to be I I think he's taken a step, and and it's it's really interesting to see a player that you've you've watched on a on a day to day basis in Shea Theodore, who's been very very good for a long time, look even more comfortable and, and even better than he has for those stretches. But he's been great, fun to watch. Just really, I love uh, watching him skate. But uh, but the other aspects of his game. Uh, doesn't need to be the most physical guy in in the world, but uh, but certainly uh, is there. You, I mean, you look at uh, this the season totals this year, and Shea Theodore's six games in, he's got three hits. Like that mm-hmm. that that's his game. You're you're not going to see the the physicality. He checks with his feet. That's uh, one of the best phrases that uh, that I've heard uh, sort of become a mainstream 
uh, analysis term uh, over the last number of years, and it's usually reserved for smaller guys, uh, smaller defenders be, who have to uh, use positioning and and their speed and their agility to to take away lanes and get in the way. Uh, Shea Theodore certainly not on the uh, smaller stature side of it but he plays a, a similar style where he's he's so good and talented and uh and and uh adept at his footwork that he's able to take away opportunities for for the other team without necessarily throwing the big check now where where i i think sometimes he will get into a, a challenge situation is if uh he, he's back for a pocket he's got he's got to move quickly and there's there's a hard four check coming and and um and you try and make the play quicker, which every player will will run into uh, from from time to time. We have not seen that at all, and that's where the 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 real comfort uh, part of it comes into play with Shea Theodore, where I don't see any um, trying to speed up the play mm-hmm. or make a play before it's time uh, because of the other team putting uh, leaning on you or or putting pressure on you uh, coming into play. So that that's the part that uh, that has impressed me the most. It's the uh, when he's going back or is is under t- some kind of duress, he's making the comfortable right play on a consistent basis. It, do you think that that's just comfort level in, in how he's supposed to play? You mentioned that there's some absences in the lineup. Maybe he's uh, taking, I don't want to say ownership, because I think he, he takes ownership every single time he's on the ice, wh- whoever's in. But is it just comfortability now, having been with Bruce Cassidy and in this system for a, a year? Well, I think that that part of it is certainly being the big dog yeah. out there and getting more opportunities and, and increased minutes. Uh, I, I think that every athlete uh, will run and gravitate to that opportunity. If you're uh, one of those top-end talents and you are now all of a sudden the best player uh, at your position in the game, uh, then that's a big opportunity and you have an opportunity to get comfortable. You're not sharing uh, ice time or spotlight or uh, minutes with anybody else. So I think that is is a big part of it and, and shouldn't be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other aspect of it is the spillover confidence that that we've seen from uh, a number of players from last year's Stanley Cup playoffs. Brett Howden, uh, I, I think, is is one of the biggest, uh, greatest examples of that. Uh, the the calmness and the um, uh, the f- calmness of Jack Eichel uh, off the ice, in and around the room with uh, with people. Like there's, it's just a a, a great. Uh, uh, measure uh, around him, so the, it, there you can see it in different fashions uh, with with different players. King Colasar, I think, is is another good example of a, of a player who just uh, looks so comfortable in in their in their own self right now. Uh, and and Shea Theodore, uh, despite being one of the uh, top players on this team for a number of years, uh, I think is is being uh, able to. Uh, absorb all of that confidence and make his game a lot better. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one and for me. I, I love I love the 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 game we're getting right now out of Shea Theodore, and and my hope is that when the Golden Knights do return to full health on the blue line, you're you're still able to get 
that same game from Shea. I think you will be able to, uh, but just think about how good the Golden Knights will be when you've got Petrangelo back in the fold. You have Martinez back right now, and then you've got Shea Theodore going as well as he's going. Well, alpha dog, right? Yeah. Like, if you're the alpha dog, you're uh, you're looking at a situation where uh, you you can uh, really absorb that and, and grab hold of those reins. And I think we've seen it before uh, with, with Shea Theodore. Uh, different uh, different times, where Theodore in the bubble was yep. was yep. was leaned on uh, really big time for the Vegas Golden Knights and 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 grew uh, during during that stage and that was a summer I remember all the Zoom meetings because middle of COVID obviously uh, being in the bubble talking to Shea and talking about Shea and uh, best game that they supplied uh norris trophy uh candidate in the future all kinds of accolades going his way and we're talking uh top of the league accolades and and potential uh uttered about shea theodore that hasn't transformed into uh individual dominance uh or acceleration but the more you watch him right now the yeah. more you're reminded of that time in the bubble and that uh, that potential that does exist, and you, you wonder where he can take his game. We know there's a revolving door in the Norris Trophy and and Norris Trophy candidates, and there's there's no reason why he can't get there. Now he's got to be the best defenseman on his own team first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so that means uh, outplaying uh, the likes of um, an Alex Petrangelo. Well, if Petrangelo is not out uh, there for a little bit, he can grab some of. Uh, those those uh, eyeballs from people. Not that Petrangelo is going to be. He was practicing again today and uh, was in a regular colored jersey. So that's uh, that's encouraging. But uh, but if you grab those eyeballs early or grab favor from the coach early, and he sees uh, what you can do to carry a, a defensive core, then that helps you become the best defenseman on your team, and then you work on on the rest of it. So I I, I think we're we're in the same ballpark as as what we were uh, in COVID times in the bubble with Shea Theodore right now. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little distracted by uh, what Kale McCarr just did. Um, just absolutely ridiculous stuff from Kale McCarr as the uh, Colorado Avalanche take a two one lead over the New York Islanders. I was able to delay on uh, on what would have been an offside for Colorado. He stutter steps at the blue line and then uh, goes uh, backhand roof daddy on Ilya Sorokin. So great. Are start. you allowed to say roof daddy if you're describing a play? Oh boy, Darren, did we lose you? Are you there? Yeah, there you are. Yeah, uh, no, you, I think what happened was Chapman talked to us and what? it cut me off as as I was talking to you. What was that? I believe I believe that's what happened right there. Chapman was saying break and yeah. he he interrupted uh, my feed to you. So he, even at the best of times with the greatest <laughs> of intentions we find a way to to step in it. But uh, no no I'm here and uh, I I said are you allowed to say roof daddy? You had all the technical terms. It was beautiful there and then yeah. you threw in a little hockey slang at the end. Yeah, well. I was excited about the goal. Fun stuff. Uh, do you, how many games do you have going right now? Well, I've only uh, since I'm using my iPad, I've only got one game going Ooh. right now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at everything else that's happening, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to another game because Colorado's a wagon. 
The four-game uh, screen is a, is a must-have on nights <laughs> like this with 16 games uh, over the course of uh, eight hours in the National Hockey League today. A uh, record-tying day, 16 games. Every team in action will continue to uh, bounce around the league for you. Also, tee up tonight's game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Philadelphia Flyers. And we have tickets to give away to the Winnipeg Jets-Vegas Golden Knights game next Thursday. Uh, a couple of pairs of tickets. Uh, we will uh, give those away in a couple of different occasions as we roll on on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's funny how the 8 o'clock starts really <laughs> grab people. Like players, coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was asked about it today, and yep. he doesn't really like it. The selfish Ryan Wallace is totally against any yep. 8 o'clock starts. Yep. I, I really don't care. I'm not, it doesn't really I'm, matter because I'm, I'm not getting to sleep at any point anyway on, on a night with a game. So it's – it's moot when it comes to start time. Now, would I prefer a two o'clock start? Yeah. 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 Do I like the consistency of a game starting basically at the same time uh, all the time when home games, uh, when we're following our home schedule? So you're in mm-hmm. a routine. Yeah. I, I like routine. Yeah. But uh, the, the eight o'clock start has jumped up and grabbed attention where I didn't think that it would be that big of a story. Well, there's a couple of things at play here. The entire month of October has been wonky start time for the Vegas Golden Knights. This is now the second game in the month that's going to start past 8 p.m. So there's that. And then, you know, you you look at the the upcoming schedule. You've got a 7.30 start time on Saturday in Los Angeles. Goodness gracious, let's keep going there. Um, I think that it's just been a, a an all-over-the-place month when it comes to start time for games that I, I think you're you're hopeful that as you get past it, things will normalize a little bit and you've got your, your tried-and-true start times from here on out. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Look at all the, the different start times. When you bring that up, uh, I just wrote it down. So 8 yeah. o'clock on, on opening night. Yep. Uh, San Jose games at 7.30. 7.30. Then you have a couple of fives on the road. Yep. And the Dallas game was 7.30, right? Seven, yeah, it was 7.30. Yeah. 7.30. So, mm-hmm. And tonight is an 8. Yep. So you're looking at, uh, have they had a 7 o'clock start yet? I don't think they've had a 7 o'clock start. Isn't now that, that Now that I think about it, I don't think they've had a 7 o'clock start. That is really odd. Yeah. That, and and the, uh, Friday is a 3 o'clock. <laughs> on Nevada Day, yeah, and then you go to a 7:30 uh, on the Saturday night game against Los Angeles Kings. That's uh, that's when when you break it down. That's uh, just strange that you would be through that. Now Monday's game against Montreal is a seven o'clock start. Mm-hmm. So really, we'll, we'll get at the the last game of the month. You get to your traditional start time. That's another reason why you go, oh, the schedule's been all over from start times. It'd be tough to, to tackle. But they, they've been fine on that regard, uh, too. They've navigated that uh, little bit of a challenge mm-hmm. that the schedule maker uh, tossed at them. But uh, all the different start times. So they, they've had two 730s, two 8s, a couple of 5s through the first six games. Yeah. Uh, so three different start times uh, going into now your, your seventh game. And you'll have a fourth one. Uh, for for game eight yeah. uh, on on Friday night, I I would never be able to function in that. That's what I'm saying. And, I would and be I would be what I did. Remember uh, the other day, I just got there early. Yeah, 
that that's what I would do because <laughs> I, I would be so afraid of, of ever being late. I would just err on sticking to my normal schedule for a 7 o'clock start, and if I'm a half an hour early, I'm a half an hour early. Mm-hmm. Um, I do stand corrected. Anaheim. Oh, Anaheim, Anaheim was a 7 o'clock yeah. start time. So, but, but essentially, the, the only two consistent start times were Winnipeg and, and, and Chicago. So four four different start times in six games. Yeah, it's a little strange. It is. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to it really. No, it's it's not that dramatic. You're not going nooners to eight <laughs> in in back to back games, but it it is strange to have that kind of variance, especially when you've you've played uh, the number of home games that they've been able to uh, right. enjoy. Yeah, it, it's a little it's a little wonky. It's a different start to the season, but you know, for the Golden Knights, it doesn't seem to matter when you drop the puck. All they do is win. Yeah, ro- road games, they could start at any point because guys are on there in, in the routine of being with the team and the the two buses that go to the game, and you either catch the early bus or the late bus, and you're good. You either have a skate or you don't have a skate, and uh, there's a meeting. Like you're just you're you're following the script yep. that's, that's laid out for yep. you, the itinerary yep. that. I think uh, road start times are are insignificant, really, in the in the grand uh, scheme of things. I'd agree your, with that. Your routine at home when you've got the family, are, are you coming tonight? Are the kids coming tonight? Is it an early game? Is it a late game? Uh, Daddy's going to nap. Daddy's not going to nap. Uh, you, you're doing all kinds of things. Can I squeeze uh, uh, a trip into the to, – we're going to run an errand today. Uh, we'll do that uh, before like, – there's all kinds of different things. I think home, home variants. Will will have more of an impact, and, and they've been good on, on that side of it. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I think that on the road, you you kind of accept right that that in terms of body clock anyway, it's going to feel weird. Uh, but the the home type games, especially on on a day like today where you're going, you, know, you got a morning skate at 11 o'clock, and then you've got to wait around a whole extra hour just to get to to, to the puck drop. I think that that's going to be something to keep an eye on early on in this one. Uh, we were talking on Positivity Alley today, and oh, okay. India, Shay, and I uh, were, were going back and forth about how time was going slow today mm-hmm. from from like 8 o'clock on. It was, it was just crawling. And we looked at each other and went, we got another nine hours <laughs> yeah. before the game. Yeah. Like nine hours. And the team was just going on for the pregame skate. Like, mm-hmm. what, what are we going to do? How are we going to uh, uh, fill all this without uh, going uh, completely out of your minds? And then on the road – you're just you're you're ready to go. If it's early, if it's late, you're you're just chomping the bit to to, to get going. When you're home, you just you start wandering around trying to think: Can I do other stuff, or should I be doing other stuff? Can I throw it a break right now, or should I throw it a break right now? Because <laughs> uh, we we do we have more time? Because it's an eight o'clock start. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, we've got two pairs of tickets. We're going to give away both sets in hour number two. Uh, they are for the game against the Winnipeg Jets next. Thursday, and it could be a very significant game uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights in the history books if they continue to rack up the wins. We'll explain that as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Working our way towards face-off. It's an 8 o'clock start tonight, uh, so if you're driving in, you got, you got a little bit of time, and mm-hmm. uh, we normally catch up with Chapman right now. Chapman, do you feel an urge to offer the world some brilliance right now? No, I don't, because uh, <laughs> I... I I, I, I've got the, the <laughs> clock in my mind that no. that it's basically in my the, even though it's five fifty two, it's kinda like when you when you change the clocks, 
and you, your your mind and body are are in two different places. Yeah. So for me, it's four fifty two, despite the fact that the clock says it's five fifty two. Oh, so you're going the opposite. Yes. Yes. Which does not surprise me. Well, of course, I, I, you'd be, I, you'd be slightly outside that line. The great punk band Bad Religion sang a song called "Against the Grain." Well, that is me. I am against the grain. Uh, we uh, will get into catching up with Chapman in hour number two, plus a couple of sets of tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets take on the Vegas Golden Knights next Thursday. Uh, that uh, is growing with popularity as people, every time I bring up the tickets, the lines light up, but we're not going to do it yet. Uh, 702-876-1340 is the number. Write that down. And uh, on uh, the first block uh, segment of hour number two, and at some point uh, in the back half of the second hour, we will give you the opportunity uh, to see the Golden Knights, who have 16 different players who have scored at least one goal this season. Yep. 16 different players in six games. Compare that to Edmonton, who have half a roster without a point so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like diff- they're, they're built very differently, and yes. that's not a surprise that one would be the other. But well, to have it that balanced is, is significant for Vegas, even from a four-line team. Yeah, it really is significant, but it gives you an idea of, again, just how much pressure there is on the Edmonton Oilers' big stars in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to really perform and perform every single night. You can't have a night off if you're one of those two guys. And with the Golden Knights, it's a very different scenario than that. A couple more games underway in this 16-game night in the National Hockey League. The perfect Boston Bruins are on the ice against the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll bring you up to date on that one, as well as the earliest start. Looks like it's going to go towards uh, a decisive victory as it approaches final status. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas is next.